troubles, no troubles on the line. And I can't stand to see you, I can't stand to see you when you're crying at home. Scotch and penicillin Please try Carlton A cold black maple hanger And husbands on the run I just got back from a dream attack That took me by surprise And in there I met a lady Her name was Shaded Sides And she said Something so old be so wrong Sin and gravity drag me down to sleep To dream of trains across the sea Trains across the sea Seven years I've drunk 50,000 beers And they just wash against me Like the sea into a pier a pavement podcast hey it's JD back for another week of rifling through the canon of seminal indie rock band pavement with the hopes of one day meeting Stephen Malcolmus I'm a little um, down in the dumps today I have really been reeling since we lost David Berman on August 7th. And um, the song up front was Trains Across the Sea from Starlight Walker, played for and requested by Bob Nastanovich in a conversation he and I had on a Twitter DM. In case you missed it, if you're not a subscriber, uh, if you want to hear it, I did a full off-cycle episode uh, commemorating, celebrating the work of David Berman and um, 
course, Silver Jews, Purple Mountains, and um, some of his poetry as well. It's a, a tough lesson at times, but um, it might be worth a listen if you are dealing with this loss the way I am. Uh, it's not good. It doesn't feel right. Here in Toronto, we're very fortunate. Um, there is going to be a show by a bunch of local artists at a club the night that Purple Mountains was supposed to play, August 27th, and it will be a tribute um, to the work of David Berman, songs and poetry performed. So if you're in the Toronto area, you know, it's 10 bucks, I think, and um, all that money goes to good causes as well. So there's that. Today on the show, we are talking about the song here. I was pretty excited to do this episode. Um, you know, prior looking at the schedule, you know, and, and saying, oh my gosh, on Thursday the 15th, here will drop. That's going to be so much fun to do. And I feel, I feel less, um, like that right now due to these extenuating circumstances it has nothing to do with the song the song is one of my favorites and I think it's important to to um, put our mind in a different direction this week as well so I'm going to go through a couple of emails that I've received and uh, go from there here's one that I got from Matt Strata and he says JD thanks so much for undertaking this immense project I didn't know how much I wanted someone to do it until someone did it that's pretty cool thanks in the trigger cut episode you wondered out loud about the meaning of the phrase and the song that spurred in me some thoughts not only on what the song means but also about the themes of slanted and enchanted I hope you'll excuse the length of what I'm about to write First off, let me begin with my own personal theory of music appreciation, which is also a caveat. I think the music we are most attracted to is partly determined by accident. Intense attraction to a band or a song is a product of the collision of one's personal life with the timing of one's introduction to that music. We're all struggling with challenges and questions in our lives which vary over time. When a band enters your life and speaks to the things rumbling in your head and heart, that coincidence is the catalyst for an intense emotional connection to the music. My collision with Pavement occurred in 1992 when I was a sophomore in college and Pavement really slanted. Something in it resonated with me in a way no other music had, and off I went. If I had heard Slanted at another time in my life or not encountered Pavement until a later album, I'm not sure I would have developed the same intensity of, infect of affection. I'm sure I would have liked them, but maybe not as much. In the end, they were the right band at the right time. All of this is a caveat because, especially with the elliptical lyrics like Pavements, meaning is highly subjective and I think determined in large part by whatever emotional glasses we're wearing at the time. 
I have no special claim to understanding what was inside Malcolmus's head, but I can tell you how Slanted made me feel. To me, trigger cut, along with the whole of Slanted, is about inhibition, paralysis, feelings of being stuck. I've always interpret, interpreted a trigger cut to be a cut on one's finger, one's trigger finger, something that makes it painful or impossible to pull the trigger. Malcolmus pines for the moment when he will be able to pull the trigger. If I learn how, I'll be coming back today, but right now he can't pull it all back. He can't put it, pull it back. The coat filled with rocks and sand is also inhibitory. The lyrics are addressed to a person which suggests to me this is a tale of unrequited love. Unrequited because our protagonist is held back by pain. Inhibition and paralysis are all over slanted. I'll be waiting forever. I'm waiting, waiting. Every time I sit around, I find I'm shot. I was dressed for success, but success, it never comes. I'm bogged down. I've been waiting, anticipating. I've dreamt of this, but it never comes. He goes on to talk about Crooked Rain and uh, offers me the free use of this email to use as I see fit. I'm going to hold off on the Crooked Rain content, but I I really want to thank you for writing that so eloquently and wonderfully. It's a shame you didn't have this idea. Um, I think you'd be much better than I am at uh, deciphering some of these lyrics and songs. You're very thoughtful. And uh, it occurs to me that um, you may be much more qualified than myself. I'm wondering now about your coolness. Are you cool? You must be. From James Fitzsimmons, Hey JD, just a quick message to say how much I'm continuing to enjoy your podcast. It's great to see a new one pop up in the app every Thursday. And there have been so many fantastic songs lately. It was really nice to hear the live version of Conduit for sale. It was one of the most awesome live songs I ever saw the band play, so that was a nice touch. I always said that if I ever owned a racehorse or a greyhound, I'd name it Conduit for sale. Sadly, that has never happened and with family commitments is now very unlikely. Anyway, keep doing what you're doing. I'd guess there's a mass of silent listeners out there who really appreciate your efforts. Take care. James. James, um, thank you so much for writing the letter. I'm brokenhearted that you never got to own a horse or dog that would race. Um, because I think it would be really cool to have a horse or a dog named Conduit for sale. Uh, that um, feeling of Sadness, though, is eased over by the fact that it sounds like you've got a family. And those commitments, while restraining, are really lovely and wonderful. I know my two daughters are the apples of my eye, and I love them dearly. Even more than a horse or a dog that could race. So there's that. In all honesty, though, I'm feeling a little glib today, 
And I apologize if any of that came off as assholish. Uh, I truly do appreciate getting emails from you. And I hope it continues. Um, it's really lovely to have a connection. I think I've said this before, but I would likely stand on this electronic soapbox and spout my drivel into the ones and zeros. Uh, even if you weren't listening, this was an idea I had and uh, sort of a mental exercise to see if I can complete it. But it's really nice knowing that on the other end there are people that are listening and enjoying. And although I am uncool and underqualified, I get a kick out of doing this. And I'm learning a lot as I go along through you and through the wonderful lyrics of artists like Stephen Malcolmus and David Berman. So there's that. The third week of January, 1991, January 13th to be exact, Stephen Malcolmus and Spiral Stairs reunited at the Louder Than You Think Studios in Stockton, California with their drummer, studio owner, bandmate, compadre, and someone who would begin to become a little bit of an infection on the ensuing tours. That's Gary Young. Gary was much older than Stephen and Scott. He was now 37, and he had a different view of the music business and the way things were happening. He started to become a little bit paranoid um, about money and the infamy that this band was getting from the EPs and leading into this recording process. And that becomes important as we move into Watery Domestic and Crooked Rain. As per Scott's recollections, Stephen came to the slanted sessions with about half of the material, you know, in a complete stage. By complete, I think he means um, complete ideas and complete um, snippets. The rest of the album was obviously done on the fly during that session and put to tape. But it's important to note that one song came ready to go, out of the box. And that's the song that we're talking about this week. That song is Here, which was recorded at Brooklyn's Makepeace Studios on Christmas Eve of 1990. Scott was not present for this recording. Um, this was done by Stephen alone and brought to the project as a, as a finished item. And... Um, it's the version that appears on the record. It is a mellow, contemplative, absolutely gorgeous song, unlike anything we've heard from the band at this point. This is Stephen really stretching his wings and flying into uncharted territory and not coming too close to the sun. This is an important track to consider as we move into Crooked Rain 
and in particular Wowie Zowie, where they're really trying different things, different instrumentation, different arrangements, all in a, an effort to, um, I don't know, um, to push outward and expand the embryonic sack of what pavement was becoming. Or maybe if you're not into um, biological metaphors, you know, expanding the strike zone. Up until now, for people that wanted to push against pavement, they would, um, they would label them. You know, they would label them as noise rock or noise punk or lo-fi velvet underground wannabes, um, pretentious New York art rock via California you know, that kind of stuff. And while, you know, maybe that argument is, is grounded in some semblance of reality, you get a song like here that is really a delicious pop um, gem. And it explodes that myth. It explodes that idea blows it right the fuck up. This is a, a band that is capable of much more. And in a sea of brilliant songs, this song stands out as uh, something that doesn't quite fit. And yet, it's not relegated to the Island of Misfit Toys. It's to be celebrated and enjoyed for the delicious pop gem that it is. Yes, there's still uh, a sheen of noise and feedback hearkening to, um, I don't know, it almost reminds me, the beginning almost reminds me of like a Kevin Shields sort of sound on the guitar. And you go into the vocal and that vocal melody and that lyric is what I'm really isolating and talking about when I say that this song, you know, has a different vibe. But musically, it does as well. Let's give it a listen. This is the version that was recorded on Christmas Eve in Brooklyn, New York. This is Pavement with Here on Meeting Malcolmus, a Pavement podcast. <laughs>
what I mean? This is like virtually a pavement breakup song. This is uh, a protagonist that is so pessimistic, you know, that out of the shoot, the first thought that they tell us is that success is never going to come. Um, that is incredibly pessimistic. And then it's bookended with the, the closing lyric. I guess she spent her last quarter randomly. If you think, you know, in this time people were using pay phones and if you received a phone call from somebody, um, it's usually pretty deliberate. They put a quarter in, they dialed your number and they called you. In this case, the protagonist is saying, no, they, they spent their last quarter randomly. We guess. And the lyric is, we guess a guess is the best I'll do. I'll do. I think it's, we guess a guest is the best I'll do. I'll do. Um, again, this person's sort of saying that they are, um, merely a guest in this person's life. And that'll do, that'll have to do because, um, shit is bad (laughs) and it's not, uh, everything's ending. Everything's ending here. I think, uh, it's, it's a, a pretty sad state of affairs. What's going on in this song. So there's that. So we're going to wrap up this week with the alternative mix, which appears on the Lux and Redux um, reissue from 2002. And um, I don't know whether or not it's called an alternative mix to cheekily, you know, make fun of what was happening musically at the time or or if it was a typo and it's just alternate mix I mean with this version of the song you get a a much more clean sounding guitar although there's some reverb there Um, you don't have the fuzz you don't have the Kevin Shields you know the My Bloody Valentine sort of uh, feedback um, going on and uh, it's just a, a different sound so let's wrap up with that Let me know what you think. JD at MeetingMalchemist.com if you like this version or the other version better. This is here, the alternative mix on Meeting Malchemist, a pavement podcast.
Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts.